Hi listeners, welcome to our technology talks. Uh, my name's Lee Cooper, host of the Extrology podcast, and my uh, co-host, Helga Bjorland, founder and CEO of Globus AI. Without further ado, let's let's dive in. We've got such a fascinating array of topics to talk about, and I think the important thing for listeners to understand is is to the subjects that we will engage in through the course of these uh, these these discussions will be primarily focused around the the issues in AI, the, the the things you need to know, what's going on in the world of of AI this week, and important subjects that are pertinent to, to Helga and I around whether that be personal development, whether that be health, well-being, uh, and technology. These are all subjects that we're fascinated by and are keen to share our perspective with listeners. I had a kind of big picture question first, if I may, Helga, before we go. Yeah. AI is a you know, the concept of AI for listeners. It's a it's a you know, it's been well documented. There's lots of talk around it. It's, it really is the hot topic. But for the benefit of listeners, I wondered if, if as a start, it would be interesting to understand what is AI? Let's see, where, where do we begin? Like AI is kind of an umbrella term for a lot of different things. Let's let's say machine learning is, uh, is kind of the main AI thing because uh, you use machine learning to train models. That's kind of the core of, of AI. And machine learning is taking a data set and figuring out the patterns in that data set. So that's kind of what the machine learns to, um, it figures out the patterns and then it uses those patterns to predict the future. So that's kind of the, the core uh, underlying uh, uh, workings of, of AI. But the thing that strikes me is that human learning, if you like, or, or animal learning or whatever you want to describe it by intelligent life, has been evolving on this mortal coil for millions of years. So all we're really doing is imparting that evolution of learning into a new format. Is that too simplistic a way of looking at it? And, and arguably, we're teaching, with the, your point around learning, we're teaching the machines. So this isn't something that the machines are taking over from us. We're providing the data and we're enabling the machine through processing power to be able to learn at a rapid speed. Is that a fairer? fair assumption yeah it is uh but i think like the the generative ai and the results that we're seeing with things like chat gpt it was it was not really expected even by the researchers that came up with it so that is when they reached a certain point of training training data so they fed the machines enough data the results started being impressively good in the way it responded and everything. So I think that was a bit surprising to all and has kind of created the debate that's ongoing now on, on where are we headed and, and uh, what kind of rules do we need to have in place and everything. And, and, and why why has it progressed so rapidly? What, to your point, we've got some of the, you know, the finest minds on the planet, and I clearly include you in that, uh, in, in that statement. We've got some incredibly... Oh, thank you. <laughs> incredibly intelligent. It's incredibly intelligent people who've been working on this stuff. And to your point, it's, I guess it's always slightly, it's surprising to someone like me of my limited intellect to understand that those very best minds are somewhat surprised by the pace of development. Why, why is that? What, what's, what's happened? Well, previously, back in the days, you didn't have enough processing power to handle huge amount, amounts of data. They still had theories on how the modeling could work. 
And uh, even when I started, you know, handling larger amounts of training data was always a problem. So you had to find techniques to narrow down uh, the amount of data that you worked with. So now with the large language models that they've trained, they've used an enormous amount of text data to uh, to train those models. And it, it keeps getting better the more data you feed it, basically. And at a certain point, it got so good that it kind of started responding as a as a human and giving answers before they had chatbots and uh, models which worked in specific domains. So that was possible to do. Now the difference is that it's generic. It can answer any questions about any domains. And that's very impressive and really hard to do. So in, in your point around data, the, the, the huge rate, as you see it today, what are some of the things that really excite you about AI? Well, it's definitely all the use cases. You see it being more and more practically usable and easier to also implement in products. So in Globus, we develop products now. Uh, we've, kept, we've integrated the, the GPT, the generative models into our product. And it's it makes the usability for users, recruiters for us, uh, much better. And it's very quick to implement compared to before where you had to like, it was so much work to create the infrastructure, to train the models, you had to prepare the data. Like So compared to the whole data science product process, the way it worked before, it's much easier to get up and running with AI models that's working and practically uh, useful. That will be a huge impact to uh, to users, to all of us in uh, in the applications that we're using every day. So that's very exciting. For those companies that perhaps organizations, what sort of hurdles are companies that are eyeing, eyeing AI and looking at how the impact of AI and how they can utilize AI to enhance their their, their business? What sort of, what, what do you see as perhaps some of the, the hurdles that those organizations will face? Well, one hurdle that they'll face is it's obviously their data. So data is, it's like the fuel of a car. If AI is the car, then uh, data is the fuel. So of course you have pre-trained models. You can use those for a lot of use cases, but for uh, the models to be more specific and accurate to your specific uh, business, you need to maybe fine tune it. And then you're dependent on your own data. So data is one issue. I think competence will be a big issue. So you need to upskill your uh, workforce for them to be able to understand how to utilize it and kind of just seeing where you could use AI, like what's the use cases, where will it be beneficial? And uh, maybe the last one is is privacy and security. So. Uh, uh, that's an area that there's a lot of discussion around uh, right now. Should you use ChatGPT in your business? You know, is it is the privacy good enough or not? You know, it's you also get specialty software where would where which kind of takes care of the privacy issue for you and the security. So that can be a smart way to go now. But yeah, that's being worked on as well. So. Um, there's different privacy rules, you know, between the U.S. where uh, uh, OpenAI, which makes ChatGPT, is located, and, and and EU, which has GDPR regulations. 
So that's something to to keep in mind, at least three areas, which will be a bit of a challenge to companies, I think. What's your view on 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 regulation? Is it you know my sense is you need some you need some guardrails to protect things like data and privacy and all those but but actually if it's too restrictive it prohibits innovation there's a balance somewhere i in my view there needs to be some form of balance but what's your view in terms of should it be regulated how should it be regulated what's what's your perspective there needs to be some regulation it's really hard politically because of course uh, even if europe uh, implements regulations um you know what's china going to do what's the us going to do you know so are they just going to keep developing and be way ahead of Europe when it comes to AI technology? And that's not good either. So, yeah, it's a difficult uh, political debate, actually. Um, so uh, I don't have the answer to that. But EU has enacted this this AI Act, which I think they're enforcing in 2025. It's definitely worth, look, worth looking into implementing AI systems now. If you're in Europe, in terms of that point around upskilling your people, what existing skills within organisations could be built upon to enable that to happen? Ah, oh, probably. Uh, you know, I think more and more the ability to learn is going to be uh, probably the most important skill that we have. How about you? What, what's your uh, view on this and uh, the skills that will be important? The one true constant is change. Of that, we can be sure. Some people embrace change wholeheartedly. In fact, indeed, are excited by it. At the other end of the spectrum, there are people who are fearful of change and it and it, it causes a lot of stress and angst and anxiety. But I think one thing that we, I suppose it's kind of, it's difficult to define, but it, it's almost, I'm not even sure the word exists, but the word that springs to mind is teachability. How malleable you are, mm -hmm. how adaptable you are, how open-minded you are as to... And also, arguably, to a degree, how creative you might be in your thought processes to understand how you can utilize and best benefit from all that chat GPT can bring. I think I think an open mind in all walks of life, but arguably an open mind is probably what you will need. Yeah, it's definitely going to impact the way employers hire. And if you think about it, you know, before you... You had to check what kind of education someone had, and that kind of put put you in the category of, of a profession, right? Pretty much. Of course, work history as well, but many people had a quite a straight path. And then now, how do you evaluate that? You know, you saw some of it with, you know, with data science starting to become popular. You know, um, it was a new profession. There was no degree for it. People were doing Kaggle competitions and kind of, by way of just winning that and, and building up your uh, your resume on Kaggle, you know, you, you could show to employers that, okay, I'm, I know data science, I know AI. And, and that was very new to a lot of employers. Like, okay, so this person doesn't have an official degree from a university necessarily. Like they, they just have all these Kaggle competitions they've joined. That's, that's very different. And then now it will probably be even more like that. Uh, from a skill set perspective, are you naturally leaning, therefore, to people who are very mathematical, very data-driven, very logical in their thought processes? What does it look like for somebody who's creative? What do you need to succeed in this in this brave new world? 
probably some understanding of uh, of computers and and what technology can do. So let's imagine you're you're a designer. You can get starting point for a design at a touch of a button instead of trying to come up with it. And you can get 10 iterations of it and then start working on it. I think we'll hopefully see just a huge benefit to the creative professions as well. Well, let's let's chat about uh, a few of the things that you need to know about AI this week, some of the things that perhaps have been in the news and have caught your attention, Helga. Uh, and I think in particular... Wisconsin launched an AI task force to explore how AI will transform the workforce. What is it that caught your eye about that particular development? Well, it's it's just how, you know, the government as well is getting their eyes up for uh, for AI and how it will actually impact the workforce. It's just one of several examples, but uh, but yeah, it will transform the workforce, and uh, both the government and private institutions are starting to look into how it will do that and what they need to do to prepare for the workforce to do that. It's a really interesting development around, I think if we look at the automation and technological development, you know, once upon a time, the threat was to uh, what were traditionally uh, described as blue collar jobs, you know, machine assembly lines, machine lines, that sort of thing you, that would ro- robots would ultimately take over the production product. Um, but increasingly, I think what we now see is the impact of AI or the potential impact of AI on what traditionally were badged as white-collar jobs, right? So lawyers, accountants, you know, banking, whatever it may be, services, insurance, those kind of traditional office-based responsibility. Yeah, hopefully, at least when it comes to government uh, institutions, we can, you know, simplify and make it more efficient with, uh, with AI. I think that also kind of touches well upon uh, the survey that came out last week, which was from uh, S&P. It surveyed 1,500 AI decision makers to see what problems and challenges they foresaw with implementing AI. You know, one of the number one, with the number one challenge for them was uh, uh, that wanted to implement AI at work was data management. So, you know, Structuring up and having control of your own data is uh, is a big problem. So even bigger than security, which a lot of people think of as the, the biggest uh, issue. But the main problem is that the data is scattered all over the place in various formats without labels. And uh, getting this data in order can take years, uh, many people estimate. Is 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 it fair to assume, one of the things that's always struck me is this whole kind of data in, product out, or or solution out. Which data is only ever as good as the integrity of that data. I guess is the is only ever as good as the accuracy of the input. Does that change? How does that how is that affected? Well, yeah, it it does. So uh, of course you need to have high quality input in order to to get good results. At least if you want models to be specific for your industry and business. So uh, I think what some steps that businesses can take right now is uh, at least start hiring experts in the data governance domain. So get control of your own data, basically, or people that can help you with that. Um, Consolidate data in the cloud, of course, not on-premise. Clean and label your data and start trying to train models. So understand 
how you would do that, because that also helps you understand how you should organize your data. What about the the security around data? Is that you know the more data that proliferates is is more susceptible to you know the more bad actors will start to target that data. How do we how do we lock it down? How do we ensure that the security remains robust? All of the same principles around security will will be uh, relevant and and the same. It's just uh, you know it will probably be a lot more loophole holes coming and there's new ways to ensure security and so on with these models understanding you know is there any data leakage uh what kind of models do do you use do you use the public ones do they use your data then to retrain the model so kind of understanding the infrastructure and the models and how these things work is uh, is of course necessary because it's all very we, we touched on legislation earlier didn't we but it's all very well governments and 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 institutions putting frameworks and and and, and laws around the protection and, and privacy of data and privacy but unless but unless you've got the right capability to manage that and secure it and lock it down and prevent bad actors from accessing it's you know the onus is on the employer or the organization to protect that data right still but they've it's a, it's a significant investment in time and understanding and money, I suspect, to protect what you've got. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, it doesn't change that much. You still have some vendor that you give your data to, even when it comes to yeah. these models. So if you, if you want to use OpenAI's models, then you send them your data. So you need to understand their terms and conditions for how they're using that data. If you use Microsoft's models, then they have their terms and conditions and how they're going to utilize your data. So you just need to make sure you understand those terms and, uh, you know, figure out what kind of data can I send, um, especially if it contains personal information in there or, you know, business secret or, or sensitive information, because then maybe alternatives like, uh, setting up your own model on your own infrastructure is is it yeah it's a good alternative it's definitely more expensive but yeah that could be an option one of the things that i understand is that an issue that we have is around power generation right to be able to create enough juice to be able to power up the kind of you know the, the increased need for a demand for ai that is going to drive through data centers and all these so there's, there's, there's lots of sort of wider structural issues that will impact here what's your view on that what do we do about power because there's all sorts of knock-on effects from a structural point of view in terms of making sure we've got enough juice to facilitate these opportunities yeah i guess that's why they're trying to figure out how to build these uh massive uh, server containers and put them in the ocean just because you know it's more effective in terms of cooling, because that's what they use a lot of power for, just cooling all these servers down. But yeah, and uh, I think maybe more than AI will, you know, the the power consumption is a big problem with uh, with crypto. Hopefully, we find more efficient technologies and uh, and so on, so the hardware actually, yeah, keeps up with the developments. Yeah, I think increasingly organization or, or, or research and, and innovation around un, uninterruptible power supply, new battery technologies, um, there's all sorts of, of, there are lots and lots of different 
initiatives underway globally around trying to unlock the most efficient way to generate the powers that we will need. Some of them are building on existing technologies. Uh, there'll be something new. So I guess oh, as we continue our discussions, there are going to be new new developments coming on stream that, you know, new powers, new technologies that we'll get really excited by. Some will have environmental implications, something new maybe won't, let's hope. But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of innovation around development of power, which we also need to be resourced into. Hopefully we'll see a lot more renewables. Yes, I think that is something undeniably that needs some focus. But I'd, I'd seen that Figma launched an AI brainstorming feature, which perhaps something that that's that's something we could tap into there. You know, if you've got this brainstorming capability, how do we power it up? That might be one of the questions we need to be asking it. They did launch a brainstorming feature this week, which looks very interesting for a lot of different teams. So you can actually jump in and, uh, you know, Figma is a tool where you can uh, collaborate with your team, have different post-it notes and uh, discuss, uh, write things and everything. And now they've implemented ChatGPT to also use that as a as a participant to help you uh, yeah, brainstorm together with the AI. So that's a that's an interesting new development this week. And so what will that AI do in that scenario? Will it prompt, provoke, question? How does it How does it engage? It could give you ideas. So you can prompt it, uh, as I understand, or you could have it, like, if you have a lot of notes and uh, discussion topics, uh, things you've thrown around, you could highlight that and have it summarize all of it. So you could have it do different things. Basically, yeah, you prompted the way I understand you have different commands for it so so you can have it do things probably more your imagination that puts a stopper to what it can do but yeah it is that part of the beauty of AI that ultimately the misunderstanding is that it's going to be telling us what to do but to your point around from the outset machine learning it's us telling the machine what we want to be able to get out of it yeah and hopefully it stays that way for the foreseeable future and some other some other exciting i think there's a lot of positives to come out for it and i also understand that ai is helping uh people with 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 uh speech difficulties with perhaps who are unable to speak people who are mute but helping people to be able to communicate yes exactly people who lost the ability to speak they can start to communicate again by using uh, uh brain signals that uh that the ai then understands so it translates that into language which i think is quite fascinating i think that again it comes down to the developments in technology are moving at such a pace it just creates really exciting opportunities right and for really worthwhile use and development yeah this is definitely a example of one of the many uh positive developments we'll see with uh, with ai that yeah will uh, be beneficial for for people so what else is exciting you about AI currently that you're reading? The developments that have occurred over the last week or so, what else is exciting you? So OpenAI uh, with ChatGPT, they just um, released now a functionality that allows businesses to train ChatGPT on their own data. So that's new, of course. Be beware of any privacy issues or uh, security issues. Get into their uh, terms and conditions and everything. It's a US-based company and everything, so yeah. But at least the functionality is there, so we're getting kind of uh, closer to more specific models that can 
you know, learn your specific use case by reading all your documents or, yeah, the data that you have in your business. Uh, other than that, Microsoft uh, has an AI design tool, which uh, for the US now is available directly in Edge. So they're pushing that harder. And I don't know if you've tried it, the Microsoft design tool. I haven't. How does it work? What does it do? It allows you to create pictures or, uh, you know, um, uh, can create slides basically, but you just do that by prompting. So uh, when I tested it out, it wasn't like, yeah, the quality was so-and-so, but I'm, I'm sure they're rapidly improving it. So now they've, they've pushed it and made it available directly in Edge, their browser. And another thing that happened is that 11 Labs, 11 Labs is a tool that um, does voice generation with AI. And uh, it's now available before it was uh, like a limited beta. So you had to sign up for a beta and get access. Now it's, uh, it's available to everyone. And um, it has over 30 languages where you can take a piece of text. So I've used it to, uh, you know, create a script or something with ChatGPT, and then you put it into 11 labs and uh, it generates the voice over. That's pretty impressive. And it, it does that pretty well also. So would that enable me yeah. to improve my Norwegian, Helga, in much the same way to be able to speak as, my, speak Norwegian as eloquently as your, as your, as your English? Yeah, imagine that you could uh, you could take uh, something that ChatGPT wrote in Norwegian, put it to Eleven Labs, and have it speak it. So you could publish a, a podcast in Norwegian without even understanding what <laughs> what it's about. I, I'd heard that the um, uh, I'd been talking with someone a week or two back on actually a guest on the Astrology podcast who gave the example of having. Um, picked up a new set. We were talking about innovations in technology. Had been uh, picked up a new set of earphones, of headphones, that would interpret the language of the person that you were listening to and and reply it back in your native language, which I thought was incredible. So I, I don't know the name of this. I don't know if I'm. But I've I've heard that this is a that's it. I mean that's just wow. I mean, I've seen those. I think that's uh, that's yeah. That's very impressive and, and just gives you uh, an understanding. Like now we, we all of us have our phone as well and we can use, uh, you know, Google Translate. You can uh, you can speak into it and, and it will um, translate it to another language and, and kind of speak it out loud for you. So, uh, but having these earphones as well that translates on the fly, like it's uh, impressive and you can just imagine how language will not really be a barrier in the future. I think it's incredible development. I think particularly useful for us Brits. To your point, you kindly shared um, Sergei Brin's uh, quote with me. It's a nice way perhaps to wrap up our time here today, but he was uh, as quoted as said, I've never experienced a time in technology and computer science as revolutionary as AI. And I think we live in, we live in incredible times. So I, I suspect this period of history will be studied by future generations in much the same way as my generation might have studied the industrial revolution, the pace of innovation, a technology revolution, the pace of which is is incredible. I think it's a very exciting time. There's lots of really exciting developments. 
all of which or many of which I'm I'm certain we're going to explore through this uh, through this platform. So uh, it's been it's it's as always when speaking with you, it's a really really insightful discussion. Yeah, the comment from Sergey Brin was kind of in an interview where he explained why he was going back to Google after so long uh, being out of the game, kind of. And uh, yeah, it definitely shows that it's it's exciting times. The Norwegian investment fund has a lot of investments in AI, and they recently had an interview with a head of uh, of this uh, fund, and. Um, he also commented that if you don't think there are opportunities uh, with AI in your business, then uh, in my mind, you're a complete moron. So I think these two uh, comments from uh, from other people are, uh, yeah, these two quotes are, are a nice wrap-up for today's session. Absolutely. Helga, it's been brilliant speaking with you as always. I learned a lot. I learned so much from from your brilliant mind. So, uh, so thank you for for you for sharing some of those thoughts with me this morning and, and really getting me thinking about the countless opportunities this presents and seeing the good side. I mean, I do generally by nature, I'm an optimist. So I see the opportunity with AI, not the threats. I think inevitably it generates headlines to focus on the threats, but they are, whilst to be acknowledged, they're, they're minimal. The opportunities far outweigh the threats. I think we live in really exciting times and I look forward to exploring more of these things with you over the course of our chats in the coming weeks and months and years ahead me too great talking to you lee as always and uh yeah until next time until next time have a great day